Good morning. We're going to start this morning with a question. A blessing or a curse? What would you like for 2023 to be for you? A blessing or a curse? Now, we ask a question like that, and your initial thought may be, well, that seems like a pretty silly question, right? Because if we were to go around the room, chances are very high that every single one of us would say, Blessing. That's what I want for 2023. I want 2023 to be a blessing. I doubt there isn't a one among us, not a one among us, who is thinking in their mind right now as we're asking and then answering that question that they are intentionally then thinking, you know what, 2023, I'm thinking curse. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking curses. That's what I want my 2023 to be all about. I'm thinking curses. I'm thinking no blessings. I'm thinking curses. That's what I'm looking forward to. There isn't a one of us that thought that. There isn't a one of us that said that. Not a one of us. Every single one of us here right now this morning, when we ask that question, every single one of us said, I I want 2023 to be a blessing. Now, we may think, well, that's, of course, then a silly question. Because, of course, we want 2023 to be a blessing. And you maybe follow that up with a picture that you paint in your mind that, you know what, we don't know what 2023 is going to be. We don't know what circumstances are going to happen. We don't know what may or may not come along. And so we just, we we simply don't have a handle. We don't have a grip or we don't have a say in what 2023 is going to be. But I want us to understand this morning, God says different from that. What God says in his book is that each and every one of us, we do have a say. Regardless of circumstance, regardless of what happens to you in the coming year, if God were to give us all of 2023, regardless of what is to take place, regardless of what is to happen in the world or in the world around us, God wants us to know, I have a choice. That if I want 2023 to be a blessing, it absolutely will be. But there's a flip side to that. If 2023 is full of curses, there's no one to blame but me. Sure, we love to point the fingers at other folks, or we love to point the fingers at circumstances. And we love to point the fingers at difficulties, and we love to say things like, you just don't understand what it was like, or you've never had anything happen like this. But the reality for us this morning is I and you are in complete control of what 2023 will be. A blessing or a curse. And to help us see that, we're going to study from Psalm 1. I think Psalm 1 is as intentional of a psalm in its words and certainly in its placement as any of the psalms that we have. It is simple. It is straightforward, it has incredible depth and incredible practicality. And so what I love about Psalm 1 is that when I'm answering a question like, 
Do I want 2023 to be a blessing? And I answer yes. In the affirmative, I want it. I want it to be a blessing. What Psalm 1 does for each and every one of us is it showcases exactly how I get there. How do I make sure that 2023 will be a blessing? How do I make sure that this year, regardless of circumstances, isn't a curse upon me or my family? How do I make sure of that? Psalm 1. So what a great opportunity we have this morning. A beautiful opportunity as we are here together, as we worship God together, and certainly what a welcome it is to each and every one of you. The visitors that we have with us, we have a lot of visitors with us. We are so excited to have you here. What a unique opportunity we have, January the 1st of a new year, to be here, to be here together, worshiping God. I cannot, there isn't a better way to open a year than what we have going on right now and in this way. I'm super excited about it. I'm excited to be here with you, and I'm excited to study from Psalm 1, because I'm excited to know what God has in store, because... I'll answer out loud because I'm the one wearing the microphone. I want 2023 to be a blessing. That's my answer. My answer is I want 2023 to be a blessing for me personally. I want 2023 to be a blessing for my family. I want 2023 to be a blessing for you. I want to know how to make that happen. And if you answer in similar ways to that, and my guess is that you do, you should be excited about Psalm 1 as well. And so what Psalm 1 does for us is it gives us that flip side. It lets us understand that there are, as we have been talking about, two different ways that lead to two different destinies. One a blessing, the other a curse. And I want us to understand, not just here in Psalm 1, that is how God has communicated with his people From the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, he has Adam and Eve there. And he establishes the fact, if you follow me, incredible blessings will follow. But if you disobey, curses. And we know what happens. God with his people, the Israelites, as they go into the land that he has promised to them, and he delivers them a law given through Moses. And in the midst of that law, it is clear, abundantly clear. You follow my law, you follow me, and I will provide incredible blessing for you. But if you disobey, curses. And we know what happens. Disobedience. Captivity ensues. And even for us, as we turn the page into the pages of the New Testament, and we have the law that Christ brought forth, God has communicated in the same way. You follow me, you follow my will and my way, blessing. You go a different way, curse. It is as simple of communication as God can deliver, and he has been delivering it since the very beginning of man. So let's take that lesson this morning. 
Let's take a look at Psalm chapter 1. I want to point out just a couple of things, you know, specifically. Psalm 1, genre-wise, I know a lot of you began the class on the book of Psalms. And I'm sure, I'm sure you talked about genres of Psalms, because I know that's how that class is to be broken up. And so Psalm 1, just by way of genre of Psalms, it is what I'd like to refer as a wisdom psalm. It is a psalm that focuses on God's word. It is a psalm that focuses on God's blessing on those who obey it and meditate upon it. And it is also a psalm that focuses on God's judgment on those who rebel against it. And so there are a couple of things pretty specific that I'd like to point out that I think can help us in a very practical way to make sure 2023 will be a blessing for us all. Psalm 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The practical thing that we see in Psalm 1 and verse 1 is that we must be intentional. We must be intentional with the people we choose to spend our time with. If I want 2023 to be a blessing... If I want God to make my life a blessing and fill my life with blessings, what he tells me here in Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1 is I have to be intentional about the people that I spend my time with. It is a lesson that you see throughout God's word. I want you to hold your finger in Psalm 1, but I want you to go on a little journey with me. And I want you to look over to John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, Jesus is here at the very end of his life. He is praying. He has spent probably a couple of hours with his closest of disciples, and he has shared with them. He has shared with them teaching that would be important for them because he's about to to leave. He's about to be crucified. And at the end of this conversation, he prays. And John records that prayer for us. I don't want you to listen to what he says in John chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. He says, now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. You see, Jesus, as he's thinking about his disciples, that he's spending time with, he's thinking about the difficulties that they have in store, that they have out in front of them, the difficulties that this world offers. And he's thinking about them. He's praying for them. And he acknowledges that it is a world that they must maneuver, but he wants God to help them maneuver in that world. 
what's he want them to remember? Sure, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. I must maneuver in this world. I don't have to be a part of this world. Because what God reminds us is that being a part of the world is where the curses are. Think about this journey in Scripture with me. We think about a passage like this, and we've got to understand the warning, that we've got to beware that there is danger when it comes to friendship with the world. James chapter 4 and verse 4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And so what James does is he warns us, don't be a friend of the world. If you want to be a friend of God, you can't be a friend of the world. So you have to be careful with the world. And so not only are we have to heed this warning, what's the reason? Because if we become a friend of the world, that leads to being spotted by the world, getting the world on us. I'm not interested. I'm I'm clean. As Christ has washed my sins away, I, I no longer want to be spotted by the world. I'm not interested and be sullied with the world. But if I become a friend of the world, that's exactly what's going to happen. James will say in James chapter 1 and verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. That's what God wants. But how can I do that if I'm a friend of the world? If I'm rubbing shoulders with the world? That's the case that's going to lead to being spotted with the world. It's going to lead to loving the world. First John chapter 2 and verse 15, John warns, don't love the world. Don't love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You see, it's a journey. It's a journey that we're going on. So we've got to beware of friendship with the world. That leads to being spotted by the world. It leads to loving the world, and ultimately, the result is conforming to the world. The Apostle Paul in Revelation, or Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Because the scary thing with this, if we conform to the world and we don't repent of that, we will find ourselves ultimately condemned with the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 32, but when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. You see, this is a journey that's being talked about right here in Psalm chapter 1. Did you notice? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You see, if we make sure that we're not to be a friend of the world, we're not going to then be spotted by the world. We're not going to then love the world. We're not going to then be conformed to the world or condemned with the world. In the story of Lot, Abraham and Lot, you see this exact same thing with his relationship with the wicked city of Sodom. 
When Abraham said, you, you, you make a choice. Where do you want to spend your time? Where do you want your cattle to graze? And the text tells us that Lot looked toward Sodom. And after that, he pitched his tent toward Sodom and ultimately moved into Sodom. And that's what we've got to make sure we steer away from. How do we do that? Well, we've got to be directed by God's word for sure, but we've got to be intentional with the people we spend our time with. What do we want from 2023? You want it to be a blessing? What avenue of your life do you want it to be a blessing? What avenue, what aspect of your life do you want to be a blessing? What part of your life do you want to grow in? Pick one. And then be intentional with the people you spend your time with. You want to have a closer relationship with God in 2023? You want to have a closer relationship with God? Spend time with people who have a great relationship with God. You want your marriage? You want your marriage to be more. You want your marriage to be better than it was in 2022? You want your marriage to be a blessing in 2023? Spend time with people who have a great marriage. You want your parenting to be smoother. You want your parenting to be more of what it was in 2022. You want that to be a blessing in 2023. You spend time with great parents. You want to be a great Bible student. You want that aspect of your life to be a blessing in 2023. Spend time intentionally with great Bible students. You want your prayer life to be more. You want it to be a blessing in 2023. Spend your time with people who have great prayer life. You want work. You want to be able to handle the workplace in a more godly way. You want that to be a blessing in 2023. Will you find and spend time with people who navigate those waters well? You see, if I want 2023 to be a blessing, if I want those aspects to be a blessing, I've got to be intentional with the people I'm spending my time with. If I start making those kinds of choices, those very practical, very applicable, everyday kinds of choices, we will find very quickly that 2023 can be a blessing. Because what this verse tells us is if we follow the wrong counsel, if we spend our time with the wrong folks, then we'll find ourselves standing with the wrong folks. We'll find ourselves sitting with the wrong folks. And we'll find ourselves being judged with the wrong folks. So number one, you want 2023 to be a blessing, you be intentional about the people you spend your time with. Secondly, Psalm 1 and verse 2, his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates, he meditates day and night. You, you want 2023 to be a blessing? You find delight in God's word. What an interesting word, an interesting way to say that. You think about the, the use of that word, and it's often in the book of Psalms, often this idea of delight and, as we'll talk this idea of meditation and them coupled together is really interesting. 
You see, here in verse 2, we move really from the negative now to the positive. Well, we need to delight. We need to delight and meditate on the Word. And I want you to understand, oftentimes they go hand in hand. And it's a concept that we understand. I'll show you how in just a moment. But first, look to Psalm 119. I want to illustrate this point for you, how delight and meditation often go hand in hand. In Psalm 119, the longest chapter in God's book, the longest chapter in the book of Psalms, of course, but it is a chapter all about God's word. Each and every verse has something to say about God's word, and oftentimes the idea of delighting in and meditating on are coupled together. It's really interesting. Let's take a look at a couple examples. Psalm 119 In verses 15 and 16, the psalmist says this, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Look at another one, verse 23 and 24. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Verses 47, 47 and 48. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. 77 and 78. Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I will meditate on your precepts. You see the idea, oftentimes, you have this idea of delight and meditation going hand in hand, and that should make sense to us. Because all of us understand the reality is that those things that we enjoy are those things that we think most about and pursue the most. Pick something in your mind. Something non-spiritual that you enjoy. A sport hobby, something that you enjoy. Now think about how much time you think about it. How much time you do that thing. You see, those things that we enjoy, we think a lot about. You know, for me, I I enjoy sports. I I enjoy college sports. And because of that, I I watch college sports on television. I, I listen oftentimes to... Sports radio, when I'm driving in the car. I'll watch videos on YouTube that talk about various sports that I'm interested in. I I enjoy playing and involving myself in sports. It is something that I enjoy, and because of that, I think about it. And because of that, I often pursue it. We understand those things coupling together. But what God is saying here in Psalm 1 is that if you're interested in a blessing, you you delight and you meditate on my word. 
And so the easy application is, if I'm interested in 2023 to be a blessing, and remember, wasn't that the answer of all of us? That's what all of us want. All of us want that. Well, God's given us the way. He's given us the way. If you want that, you delight, you meditate on my word. You find joy. Find joy in study. You find joy in opportunities to study, like the one that we are involved in right now, like the one that we had at 9 o'clock this morning. Was that an opportunity that you took advantage of? What an incredible opportunity that was to delight and meditate on God's Word. Do you find opportunity to do that individually? Do you find opportunity to do that with others? If you really want 2023 to be a blessing, this is something that you'll be thinking about. Making God's word something you enjoy and something you think about. Because the key component comes down to this idea in verse 3. This analogy, if you will. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That sounds phenomenal. That's, that's what I want to be. I want to be this tree. I, I want to be this tree planted in this place. I, I want to be this tree with this kind of leaf on it. I want to be this tree with this kind of fruit on it. I, I want everything I do to prosper. I want to be this tree. That's what a godly person is all about. A godly person is alive. A godly person is beautiful. A godly person is useful. A godly person is fruitful. A godly person is enduring. We think about the most important part of a tree is its root system. That's what draws up its nourishment. It's what draws up its water, its root system. And so for us, the most important of thing of us is our spiritual root system. And that's drawing on the resources that we have in Christ. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, but what an incredibly applicable start that we had to our worship this morning. When Keith turned to the book of Ephesians and he read about all of the incredible blessings that we have in Christ. That's where all of our nourishment comes from. That's where everything that we need comes from. In Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. I looked at it and thought, I don't think that's right. Because I'm in the book of Galatians. Galatians is not right, not the same. Ephesians, I had that thought, I'm like, oh, I don't even know where that is. Now, I'm never going to find it, but I will. Ephesians chapter 3, look beginning in verse 14. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Now listen to the words that are used. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, listen, being rooted and grounded in love. That's even the words that we're looking for. All of these incredible attributes that come from Christ are things that ground us, that feed us. Very similar phraseology in Colossians chapter 2. 
Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 beginning. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Listen, rooted, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You see, the Christian who ignores their root system, that isn't intentionally spending time, with godly people, that, that, that isn't enjoying and meditating upon God's word, the tragedy when that root system is ignored, the tree begins to wither away. And that what leads us to the sad flip side of Psalm 1. Because as such a beautiful picture is painted at the very beginning, Remember, it is blessing or curse. And so he says in verse 4, the ungodly are not so. They're not like this. They're not like this tree. But they are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You see, an incredible contrast to this tree that we see in verse 3 of Psalm 1, an incredible contrast to the righteous who are like these strong, beautiful trees, the ungodly. The analogy that's used is something that is dead, something that is rootless, something that is blown about, something that is nothing. No value. You see the contrast that's built here? The contrast between the beginning of this psalm and the end of this psalm? Something that is so powerful, so helpful, so beautiful is contrast with something that is worthless. And that's what we're choosing from. That's what we're choosing from. What will you be in 2023? Beautiful tree or worthless chaff? I know what we want to be. But what decision will we make? There's an interesting passage as we close here in Matthew chapter 3. In Matthew chapter 3, Matthew is uh, providing for us some teaching that John the Baptist is bringing. He makes a very similar analogy to this. In Matthew chapter 3, beginning in verse 10, this is John the Baptist. He says this. Now listen for the similarities. He says in verse 10, And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now listen, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. 
You see, as John teaches here, as God shares with us in Psalm 1, as he does on so many occasions, there is absolutely a coming day of judgment. And God, the righteous judge, will do some separating. And whether you want to think about it, the fact that he separates the wheat from the tares, or separates the sheep from the goats, or separates the trees from the chaff, all analogies that are used, you've got to decide which you'll be. You'll have to decide where you want your destiny to be. Two choices, blessing or curses. How do we remember that the easiest? One thing that I took notice of this week as I was studying that I had never, ever noticed before, but you read one chapter so many times right in a row and you're apt to pick up a few things. But these two choices, the very first word in Psalm 1 and the very last word in Psalm 1. Did you notice that? The very first word, blessed is the man. That's what I want. That's the first word, blessed. The very last word, the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's the very last word. So where do you want? What do you want for you? What do you want for your family? What do you want for your friends? Where do you want to spend and think your time here in 2023? A blessing or a curse? If it is a blessing, let's be intentional about that. Let's be intentional about that. If at the end of this year, if it has been a spiritual curse, there'll be no excuse that you can point to. Nobody that could take the blame. It'll be on your shoulders. But I'll tell you another thing the Bible teaches. In no way, shape, or form has God promised us 2023. He hasn't promised us that full year even though we had the full year of 2022 that God gave to us. He's not promised us 2023. He's not promised us all of that day. He's not promised us all of this week or this month. He's not promised us all of this day that we are in right now. What he has promised is that his son Christ will return, and when that moment comes, the trees... And the chaff will be separate. And the intentional choices that we made, whether to live a life as a blessing or to be filled up with curses, will come into play. There'll be no finger pointing. There'll be no excuse making. There'll be no what ifs or buts. It'll be intentional choices that each and every one of us make. So let's think about those choices. Tim is going to lead us a song of invitation, and it gives us an opportunity to do just that, all of us to do just that. And maybe this morning you're ready, you're ready to start this year on the best of foots with your relationship with God exactly where it needs to be. Maybe we can help with that in some way. If we can, you let us know as we stand and sing.